Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to MBR, or as we like to call it around here, Nothing But Rants, the show where I find topics that I'm oddly passionate about, and I pontificate upon them. These are not hot takes, but rather takes that I'm hot about. is up ladies and gentlemen i still feel 25 most of the time i still raise a little cane with the boys there ain't no doubt about it nick saban is a troubadour in this business one who is and was meant to inspire as well as entertain george Strait was talking about living the life that he lives and living it the way that he wants to live it until he ain't living no more and by God, if that ain't a perfect description of Nick Saban, I don't really know what is. Saban is a man of principle. He's a man of consistency. He's a man that doesn't really change all that much, if you know what I mean. And by God, he is a winner. That dude has obtained something few do in this life, right? He is so great at what he does that he is inspirationally great, right? He is so 1% good at what he, do, what he does and what he is that people draw inspiration from him. Right. But there's one thing, in my opinion, um, about the way that Saban's done it. Right. There's not a lot of bending going on in that process. There's not a lot of changing going on. There's not a lot of meeting in the middle. His way is the way and it's the only way. And rightfully so. How could you ever doubt it? Right. Ten SEC titles, seven national titles. What Nick Saban does and how he does it is unquestionable. Though eventually I think you have to find holes to poke. Right. At least I do. I think it's not necessarily my job to come out here and tell you only great things about great people, right? I, you know, everyone's great. Everyone's the greatest ever. Everyone's good. No one's bad, right? Nothing's ever wrong. Don't ever question the process. That's not me. That's not what I do. In my opinion, I go about seeing what I see, right? And if there's anything or changes that I think could be improved upon, right? We have no fear about being wrong with which coming to you and saying that, hey, I think this needs to improve, right? And one of these things that Nick Saban has not necessarily bent on in his career as a head football coach is a little something we call senior evaluations. Okay, what are senior evaluations, you might ask? Okay. Um, I'm, hold on. They've built the mold. Excuse me, we're on a roll. They have built the mold in Tuscaloosa about making decisions late on the recruiting trail. They right? They want all the information, not some of it. Okay, again, they want all the available information, and then they will decide what to do with regards to their class. It actually makes quite a bit of sense. You should decrease the amount, or you should increase, rather, the amount of times you hit on prospects if you spend more time evaluating them, right? If you take all of the available information and then make a decision towards the end of the cycle, it seems like a the correct process. And for years, it has been the correct process. I think it's part of the reason why you've seen Alabama have what we call a hit rate, not necessarily landing the five stars that they want to land, but the hit rate when they get to college, they work out, right? Because the evaluation, they took every bit of information that they possibly could. It's great in theory, except, and rather when you look up at the commitment rankings right now, if you look whatever your so service is, if you're a 24-7 guy or on three guy, whatever, doesn't matter. If you look up at the rankings right now, Alabama sitting at eight commitments in the middle of June makes a whole hell of a lot of sense based off what I just told you, right? They're a senior evaluation company. 
or a program rather, right? They, they take as much information as they possibly can. Eight commits in June is right on track for Alabama's right on track for the way that they recruit. That's great. Except there's a problem with this theory now in the modern ways of college football. College football recruiting nowadays ain't necessarily waiting around until December of their senior year to make things happen. Did you know that today, right now, 62% of the top 200 players on the 24-7 sports composite are committed to programs? 124 of the top 200 players in America have already verbally committed right now in the class of 2024. By the end of July, I think that number, that 62%, I think that number might be close to 70, 75% by the end of next month. So you have a, a recruiting industry that are a recruiting uh, network and, and uh, environment right now that is very much so living and going now and popping now. And it has moved its timelines all the way up into the summer. Summer recruiting is hotter than ever. It has been the last two classes. You go into your senior year, 70% of guys are already committed and signed up. We got six months till signing day. Most of these classes are already filled. Alabama's still leaning back on these old school methods of being senior evaluation-led football programs, right? And senior evaluation-led recruiting businesses. By the way, Georgia was this for a long time. Georgia always closed. Kirby Smart is always the closer on the trail. Well, look up, and he's altered his strategy, right? Look at the programs that Alabama is recruiting against. Perennially, it's the same names. It's the same names that Georgia competes against, right? It's Georgia. It's Alabama. It's Ohio State. It's LSU. It's Florida. It's USC. It's Clemson. It's Texas. It's those programs year in, in year out that you're competing against, Alabama and Nick Saban. I'm not saying that Nick Saban has to do it the way that Georgia does it or has to do it the way that Ohio State does it or LSU or Florida. All of which, by the way, Georgia 21 commits, Ohio State 16, LSU 17, Florida 17. These programs that you are you know, actively recruiting against on the trail, they are filling up their rosters with players that were on your board relatively quickly as well. Again, I'm not saying you have to do it that way, but I'm telling you right now, I've been out on the trail just like you have, Alabama coaches. These kids are exhausted come July of their senior year. Senior years aren't even senior years anymore, ladies and gentlemen. I'm comparing nowadays the high school senior year for a top-ranked recruit no different than one-and-done guys in, in, in college basketball. They are there for four months. Dylan Riala just transferred to Buford. He won't even be here long enough to understand what the color schemes and the fight song is at the damn school. He's going to be there three and a half months. Come December, he's ready to enroll at the University of Georgia. Ain't nothing about this, okay, senior year process long. It's immediate. They want to be done. They want nothing to do with it. They want to go in in August, kick their feet up, play their last 12 games of high school football stress-free. That's every single one of these top-ranked recruits, if you talk to them right now, from Mike Matthews to Daniel Calhoun. Every single one of them, they tell you, I'm exhausted. I'm done. My OVs, I'm taking them all in the summer. Come uh, season, I'm done. Okay? And here we have one of the sport's biggest programs who will undoubtedly, if you're listening to this right now, Alabama will undoubtedly finish in the top three top four, top five in recruiting. This is not going to matter. They might rip off every single guy left on their board that they need. But why make it hard? I don't understand why I play from behind when you're Alabama, you're Georgia, you're Ohio State. Play your ass from the front because that's where you belong on the recruiting trail. Not waiting for the more and more information that you can get. By the time the information arrives, you're not going to have the player uh, pool that you believe. 
right? Alabama fans will listen to this. They'll be like, well, why is he hating? Baby, it's always worked. What's different now? Well, I'll tell you what's different now. The, the idea of the industry has changed, right? The, the timelines on the industry have moved up considerably. Early enrolls have always been a thing. That's right. Early enrollment always has been a thing. But not early enrollment at the rate of like 19 to 20 guys of a 25 signing class. Early enrollment at that rate is fairly new to college football and fairly new to high school football recruitment, which means these guys are moving their timeline up, which means you probably should too. Alabama fan, listen to me today. Do you feel great about K.J. Bolton? Daniel Calhoun, Colin Simmons, Williams Nawari, David Stone. How about Cam Coleman, an in-state kid? You feel great about that one? I don't know. Justin Williams, the linebacker from Texas. Do you feel great about that one? Not necessarily great. Matter of fact, based off my intel, what I know about all of those recruitments I just rattled off, that you are waiting and saving room for. Those are takes on Alabama's boards right now. They've got so much work to do before they close any of those dudes, and all of those dudes are about to come off the board. But we're waiting for senior tape. Don't you think that's a tad bit hard-headed? Okay? Don't you think that's a bit goofy when here we are in mid-June, 62% of the nation's top 200 players are gone? So, you're here to tell me Alabama's going to fill up. Of the, the, let's say they get, they'll take 28 guys. Let's say that, right? They got 20 dudes left to fill this class. And of only eight of the, 80 of the top 100 players are available, or top 200 players are available. I do, if I were a, a, a recruit or if I were a coach in that building, I would not feel comfortable about where we are, even though we are Alabama. And that shouldn't be the case. That's all I'm trying to say. We got a load of show for you guys tonight. Make sure you're hitting that thumbs up button. Make sure you're liking. Make sure you're subscribing. Make sure you're hitting that bell. Make sure you're doing all that good stuff to show support to this fine program. We are rattling it off. I'm excited to be here, man. We got a great show for you guys tonight. We're going to do some film evaluation. We just did some MBR, some opening rants for you guys. We're going to talk about Namdi Ogboko tonight. We're going to take a look at Tay Harris as well. Uh, summer recruiting, obviously, based off what we just talked about, is picking up something serious. It is a very, very rampant rate of what's going on. We've got the return of the fabulous prognosticator, Nostrabesis. Going to give you a couple of predictions for this upcoming season. And I'm going to send you off tonight with a little thought nugget. A little nugget, a little nug for you. A little thought nugget about NIL and how it's kind of impacting recruitment. Uh, again, man, like just to to round off the Alabama discussion. Flips are going to be harder than ever now in college football, okay, in college recruiting. I'll explain to you at the end of the show why, so hold on to that one. But, dude, they got so much work left to do. There's so few player, great players left, okay, and it's so hard to flip nowadays in college football. Hey, optimism, told you, they're still going to finish in the top five. They're out of friggin' Bama. So whoever they end up committing, they're going to get some bumps just like Georgia kids do, all right? So – it's going to happen, but I, I, I don't necessarily love it. I don't necessarily love that you're always playing from behind nowadays in an industry that's playing from up front. The whole entire industry is playing. I'm done in July, and y'all are waiting until December to make decisions. It just don't make no sense to me. Um, hey, speaking of making no sense to me, I don't do rankings. Never have. We do a Brooks's Big Board that you guys are going to see this August, September, November, December. Y'all going to see that as we ramp up to early national signing day. We do not do rankings around here. We, we kind of talk stars every once in a while just to kind of give you some context. But we do not do rankings. Um, and part of the reasons are, are these two football players that we're going to talk about tonight, these two most recent Georgia commits, one in the 2024 class, Nabdi Ogboko, the nose tackle um, out of North Carolina, and then the other one, Tay Harris, the defensive back out of Cedartown, Georgia. Boys, let me tell you something. 
this don't make no damn sense. And I'm excited to talk to you about it tonight. Um, let's get a little, let's get a little screen share going on right here. Am I, am I up for a screen share? I'm up for a screen share. Let's talk about Namdi Ogboko right quick. Um, first of all, I got the numbers in here. Holy shit. This dude carries 354 better than any human I think I've ever evaluated. This is, well, I'm going to show you this footage tonight, boys and girls, especially some of this workout footage. This is a 354 pound human being. You're going to think he's 6'2", 280 when I show him because he looks sawed off. He looks compacted. He a big-ass boy. He a very, very big boy. 10-inch hands, 33-inch arms, 85-inch wingspan. He is more bow-legged than any defensive lineman not named Devontae Wyatt that's played at the University of Georgia. Okay? Two things I love about defensive linemen. One, if I can find you bow-legged. Two, if I can find you from Nigeria. My man checking both boxes. Holy hell. I'm telling you right now when I show you, you're going to be like, what? Huh? Don't make no sense. And again, he can be very deceptive when you watch him move. Understand, massive, massive, massive human being. Um, didn't start playing football until ninth grade. This is a big dude learning to play big. That's what my notes say right now. Um, they had a very, very similar grade on this kid as Michael Bureau, the guy, the nose tackle that just committed to Florida. That, that was a, an up-and-down evaluation between both of these individuals. Hey, both of them are on the board at nose tackle. Which one are we going to take? Michael Burrow ends up committing to Florida. Obviously, Ogboko commits to Georgia shortly after. Sources that I spoke to about the subject, again, thought both of them were very equal football players. They both did things very, very similarly. They were about an equal evaluation. That being said, one of them's 400 pounds. One of them's 350 where at a position where they want that guy to play at about 340, right? Even Jordan Davis at six foot six was not allowed to play heavier than like 355. All right, if he was, they were making him run. Like he had a game weight that he had to stay at midseason that has most of these big old boy nose tackles do. All right, without further ado, let's shut up and let's grind some daggum tape. One thing I have noticed about the University of Georgia, particularly as of late, the more and more they are allowed to have kids back on campus, the more and more they are relying on what they are seeing and what their eyes are telling them when kids are on camp, right? So we can show you film all day. But what is most important is what that coaching staff thinks about when they see these guys behind closed doors, okay? Guys like Nabdi Agboko, guys like Tay Harris, they were on the board. They earned a right to be a take coming to camp and balling out, all right? So – we can do all this, and you guys know I try to quantify and give you as much real opinion as I possibly can. I hate throwing my hands up and go, well, just trust them. Well, in this situation, just trust them with what we can't see, right? What we can't see is what's behind closed doors, and who would know whether a guy is big enough, strong enough, moves well enough to play in their system than a coach who can work that guy out to apply it and see if they work in their system. Okay, so let's just extend a little bit of a benefit of a doubt when things like this happen. Without further ado, let's shut up and let's grind the tape. Uh, not that one. We want this one. We want the big fella. I mean, off rip, look at the quads. Off rip, look at the baby ankles. Okay, this is a monster. All right, and look at him move. Look at him butt kick. Look at him butt kick, guys. No, no knee drive at all in this prospect. You will not see his knee go above his hip line at all. Struggles to drive his knees. But, hey, 
I don't give a damn. That dude, I'm telling you, he looks like, like physically, he looks like he's 6'2", like 290. And then you look at the tape and you see, oh, my God. Like when I said the tape, I'm talking about the physical tape. He is 6'4 and a half, 354 pounds, and it don't make no sense. <clears throat> it don't make no sense. Guys, I've always been a proponent of bow-legged athletes. You know this by now. Don't know why. I just find that the greatest athletes in the world tend to be bow-legged no matter what position they play, right? Okay, and what do I mean by that? I mean knees outside them baby-ass ankles. That's what I want to see at all times. I want to see them knees kind of cock-eyed outwards, all right? And here's why. Follow me. And these, these check out, I've looked them up over and over again. I've talked to a bunch of different people about this. Herschel Walker, bow-legged. Nick Chubb, bow-legged. Bo Jackson, bow-legged. Caleb Downs, bow-legged. All right, you follow me? Michael Vick, slightly bow-legged. Hey, the kid might be onto something. David Devontae Wyatt, bow-legged freak athlete. Nasty, nasty athlete. Um, Roquan Smith, bow-legged. Nicobe Dean, bow-legged. Y'all, are y'all catching on at this point? All right, bow-legged athletes, something fierce. This dude's 6'5, 350. And again, he'd be about 6'6 if he wasn't so extremely bow-legged. So extremely bow-legged. Love the hot feet. It's all good stuff. Hey, I love the tape more. Let's go watch some of it. Oh, hey, Georgia, big into the hill climbers. All right, real big into the hill climbers. If you listen to anything Kirby ever talks about with regards to Brock Bowers, he's always talking about them, them hill climbing clips. Again, guys, that dude right there is 6'5", 350 pounds. Look at him. He carries 350 so damn well. So damn well bending a little bit hey I like I like coach out here too man I, I don't know if coach is watching I don't know if coach will watch maybe coach will watch but uh my man the Ogbokos coach that's out here in North Carolina you are doing a phenomenal job sir you are doing an absolute phenomenal job the kid is working that's the other thing I noticed about Namdi. okay constantly putting out stuff on the timeline constantly working it does matter man it does matter if you're out here putting in grind I mean, that photo right there, guys, that photo right there is him at like 335, 340. A phenomenal carrying of the 350 pounds. Phenomenally carrying it. Again, you'll see that that knee tightness show up a little bit in the tape. You're not going to see a bunch of it um, in terms of like twitch either, but he's 6'5", 350 pounds. The thing that I was pleasantly surprised with, his lateral ability, right? He's showing a little pass rush ability right here. But his lateral ability, his ability to get flat down the line of scrimmage, that has been really impressive. Clips like this, I don't love, Namdi, if you're watching right now, I don't love how we just become dead weight upon impact right here. Boom. We're going to get our hands on, and then we're just going to drag down and fall down. Uh-uh. F all that. You're a big-ass dude. Carry your violence through your pads and through your explosivity. Do not. Just fall down on the rep and try to drag the guy to the ground. We're trying to finish through the rep, roll our hips, all that good stuff. Boom. There you see him showing a little bit of uh, explosivity. Again, not a ton of twitch, but there is some of it. That's what we're, you're, you're, that's what you're paying him to do. Okay, If you're an NFL evaluator watching right now, you're paying him to hold the spot, right? Boom. Hold, hold the double team at the line of scrimmage. I identify the runner, okay, get flat down the line of scrimmage, use those 33-inch arms, and violently attack the ball carrier. That's a good rep right there, and that's a college-applicable rep as well. <clears throat> You're going to see a lot of grunting from these guys. It's why I, I don't think those tackles rate very highly. 
like last year. The number one nose tackle on the board for the University of Georgia was a guy by the name of Sadir Mitchell. I don't think Sadir Mitchell cracked the top 250. Hell, I don't think he cracked the top 750. But everybody wanted him. Texas paid him. Texas's NIL package on that was absurd. Okay, everybody wanted Sadir Mitchell last class. His ranking was dog water because nose tackles don't have flamboyant tape. Nose tackles don't get a bunch of reads. Nose tackles, you don't care about them until you absolutely need them, fans. And now everyone's running mint front. So everybody needs one of these dudes. Everybody needs one of these dudes. That's not, that's that's that lateral ability I was telling you about. Love his ability to reset the line of scrimmage, right? This, I mean, this kid might as well be a middle schooler playing him, but nonetheless resetting the line of scrimmage, right? And then getting flat down the line of scrimmage. YouTube commenter saying still looks small next to Jordan Davis. Yeah. Who don't? <laughs> Who don't? Who don't? There is some stuff later on in the film that we liked as well. Uh, might not be getting to it. What I don't see, let's talk about that. What I don't see on the tape, okay? I love the workout footage, by the way. The workout footage tells me SEC mover, SEC body. It's built the correct way. We love the bow-leggedness, as we've already talked about. Um, but what the what the film lacks right now, I don't know if that body will ever have twitch. Okay, I don't know if he'll ever come off the ball. You know what I mean? It'll never pop. Now, uh, I don't see extremely heavy hands on the tape either. But you have to remember... That right there, that film we just watched, that's his third year of ever playing football, right? 30 months ago, he was new to this game. This was American football to him, not football football, all right? We understand two things about um, athletes like this, okay, based off the, the pedigree and the profile. The body is immaculate. He's worked extremely hard about it. It's only going to get better. And the other thing is about that Nigerian bloodline, these dudes pick up stuff like nobody's business, Every single young man that I have met that has picked up the game of football that is from Nigeria, he picked it up like 18 months ago, and he is infatuated with learning and growing. I'm telling you right now, I know what it is. It's genetically like they're bigger, faster, stronger. B.J. Ojolari, guys, was 205 pounds when he committed to LSU. By the time he left for college, he was 245. Like that. They swell up like balloons, like, like the SpongeBob memes. All right. But more importantly, that every single young Nigerian male man that I've met, grown ass man, every single one of them, they handle their business, they're professionals. That's why that dude was a Georgia take. Shouts out to the recruiting and scouting department right there. Um, and, you know, classic case of the industry. I, we, we don't have a ton of Florida fans watching, but I would imagine some are. Um, and if you are, rightfully so, you got you, you absolutely have the right to be upset about Makai Bureau, a guy committing to your program, being completely unranked and then getting a slight bump, and then a player like this being completely unranked and then getting a, a bigger bump. But all that does is confirm exactly what I've been telling you on this program for years now, ladies and gentlemen. The rankings are fugazi. The rankings are a reflection of the, the, the PFP rankings, the CFP rankings. They are a reflection of the programs that are having success on the football field. That is it. If you are a Georgia take, you are rated. If you are a Georgia priority, if you are a Georgia offer, you will get ranked. You should be ranked. They are tracking and following 
what the nation's premier programs are doing and responding thusly. They don't have the teams to be doing all this. They don't have the firepower to be out here grinding it 1,300 players deep. Guess who does? The University of Georgia. Okay, guess who does? Coastal Carolina. Okay, guess who does? Alabama. Programs that its job is to recruit and understand evaluations on football players. Their result on Saturday is a byproduct of how good they evaluate. That cannot be said about any of these recruiting rankings. That's why they miss. It is not their job. Their job is to get you to talk about it. And damn if they don't do a great job at that. All right. So that's our Namdi Boko take. And the same exact thing applies to this next dude, if not more. This next kid, Tay Harris. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let me explain something to you. This kid is six foot one, 185 pounds. He is verified, verified, can't lie about it, verified 10 7 3 in the 100 meter. The tape is immaculate. We're about to show it to you. Immaculate. Tape is absolutely phenomenal. He's got absolute competitor dog energy, and he is an alpha. And he is currently unranked by the 24-7 composite. He is currently unranked by ESPN. He was unranked by On3 before committing to the University of Georgia. Got a top 250 evaluation from them. Was completely unranked on rivals. Got committed to Georgia and suddenly jumped up inside the top 160. The shit does not matter. If this kid right here can get an offer from the University of Georgia six months ago, run a damn 10-7-3, have the tape he has from the state of Georgia and be unranked, Rankings do not matter. If you don't believe me, watch this tape right here. I drank way too much coffee, and I get asked way too many damn times about rankings that I do not give a shit about, and this is why. This is why. This is why Georgia's job is to evaluate players, and their success determines that, not your analytics on your Google score. <laughs> let's shut up, and let's grind some tape. I... When you see this, if you have not seen it, when you see this tape right here, you are going to understand why Dan Brooks is right. Holy shit. Rankings are bad. Rankings are bad. Here we go. Let's shut up. Grind the tape. I mean, he don't even, this is one of them dudes that don't even, I mean, he don't even need the damn uh, bubble circle around him. It, you just see it right off rip. You just know. I mean, he's just got swagoo about him. Watch this. Watch this. Okay. Look at the sideline. Say, hey, coach, we cutting this, right? We cutting up underneath this? Oh, absolutely. Hey, let's let's let's, let's get a little play identification. Let's see if you are a smart football player. We know you a 10-7-3 running son of a gun at 6'1", 180 pounds. Let's see if you can play football. Okay, split the block. Good, good. Mm-mm. Uh-uh. Okay, let's see what else you got. Let's see what else you got. Okay, another play. Okay, we're playing off zone coverage right here. Eyes in the backfield. We just finna be a dog right click. Let's see what happens. Oh, oh, sit on it. Good, good. Just lighten folks up all day long. That's what it's going to be on this tape, I would imagine. All right, look at the swag. I mean, just look. You can just tell right now, best player on the field. I mean, yeah, he's playing some, some you know what's. But dude's got swag out the ass, ankle tapes, towel, got the turf tape on the arm, and he's fire. Okay, oh, hey. Now, 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 guess what we're doing, Coach? We've shown you a little zone coverage. We've shown you we can identify football plays in front of us. We've shown you that we can strike. We've shown you that we got swag out the nuts. We've shown you that we are a 10-7-3 runner. Oh, by the way, I can play a little box safety, too. How about this? I am play a little nickel. 
I can play a little nickel. I can find the football too, coach. I can lay out and I can make plays. I can do all of it, unranked. I can do all of it. Not a top 1,000 player until I commit to the University of Georgia. I mean, it's it's like this for six minutes, guys, or three and a half minutes, however long the daggum highlight tape is. It's, it's I'm playing corner, I'm playing safety, I'm playing nickel, I'm playing man, I'm playing zone, I'm playing in the box because I'm an alpha, I'm stopping shit on fourth down because I'm an absolute dude. Check it out, guys. Big football game right here. I believe this is Calhoun. Don't know who it is, but this is very obviously a major portion, major part of this football game. Fourth and six right now. They got to have it. They got to win. Everything's going on. Here we go. Oh, all I'm going to do, I'm going to sniff out everything that's happening and blow the shit up for a TFL in the biggest moment of the game. I flip on the tape and I see this dude playing with a, an even slightly different energy in the big football games too. Oh, that ain't nothing. We're breaking that one up. We can cover tight ends as well. Honestly, I was trying to find a player cop as I was watching it. I don't understand. I, I don't. I really don't. Listen to me now. This is going to sound like a hot-ass take. How is Malachi Starks a five-star, top five player in the world, running 10-5 at 6'1", 6'2", at Jefferson, a 2A high school, 3A high school at the time? But this kid's unranked from Cedartown, Georgia, doing the same stuff without the offensive tape. Anybody got an answer? I don't have one. I don't have an answer at all. I don't have an answer at all, except for, please stop asking me what kids are ranked. Because the tape is four-star, five-star. The physical pedigree, four-star, five-star. That's what it is. Look at him move. He moves like a Georgia football player right now. Right now. So how do we miss this bad? How do we miss? How, how is this kid a take when Georgia is currently in the middle of their hottest portion of recruiting right now in 2024 and they're taking their time out of their day to make sure the 2025 kid that's unranked commits to their program we'll take him early before we even decide what the 2025 class is yes this kid has spot in our class yes 100 just plays all over the tape yes youtube chat all over it super long arms something about the way he moves yes he moves, again, like an SEC football player. He moves. Look at him playing safety right there. I mean, he is physically, the way he moves, the way he tests. Th this is no different than the rest of the, the five-star DBs that have come out of the state of Georgia. No different at all. The pedigree is the same exact way. Look at that dude covering ground, making big plays all over the field, all over the field. I mean – I'll probably get accused by a lot of people of some some tone, some tone issues for sure. Um, but hey, dude, it, it is what I I am what I am. Um, I was telling myself tonight, you know what I'm not gonna do? I'm not gonna not have juice tonight. You know what I mean? I'm gonna have uncommon energy and uncommon enthusiasm about what I'm talking about tonight. I told myself before I got on air, and by God, if we ain't doing that shit. So hit that thumbs up button, hit that like, hit that subscribe. We got more to talk about. Hey, random shout out. Georgia fans are not going to like this. Random shout out to the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. Georgia fans, not a big deal. They're so little bro, it's not even going to bother you. Um, got a lot of buddies on that staff and got a lot of you guys that are listening. So if any of you are listening, I just want to say I see you. I absolutely see you. CJ Jackson out of Tucker, dude. Trajan Greco out of Mill Creek High School, 
dude, the exact type of dude the uh, Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets have should have been taking for years now. Six foot two, 180 pound in-state kid. Teams don't know what to do with them. They're kind of scared of him. They don't know if he's going to project at corner, even though he's never played safety. Damn all that. Get him in the building. Let's let's let let's let him grow under our program and yield results here, not at Minnesota and become an all Big Ten player, not at Wake Forest and become an all ACC player, not at Purdue. You see what I'm saying? Let's let Trajan Greco's of the world come to Georgia Tech. Let's let Jordan Floyd, a six foot seven, 295 pound project out of Parkview High School. Let's not let Alabama or let's not let uh, Florida or let's not let Georgia take the gamble on that kid and tell him, hey, you can start for us year three after we turn you into an NFL football player. Let's tell that guy, hey, you can grow into an NFL football player while playing. Shouts out Georgia Tech. You are doing what you are supposed to do. I see you, boys. Let's keep moving. Okay. Uh, told you a little bit earlier today about Nostrabesis, uh, the, the world's greatest prognosticator uh if you don't know this is where we just give you a chance to give you a little uh not hot taste just some predictions just come out here and, and let you know how i think things fit to happen this fall and i'm gonna tell you right now numero uno i've already given this one to the discord it got slipped into patreon.com no not that joe milton is a trash quarterback we'll talk about that later or not trash but has some room to improve yes tired 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 of all the social media stuff about Joe Milton. Dude, we're going to get there. I, I We're going to let that one simmer. We're going to let that one cook and, and marinate. That's a low country boil. We're going we're gonna to let that simmer for a couple of hours. But other than that, Damon Wilson going to lead the team in sacks this year. I'm telling you right now. University of Georgia, Damon Wilson going to lead the team in sacks. Here's why. If I know anything about a Kirby Smart defense, when he gets teams in the third and long, if there's anything he is prioritizing, it is getting the speed rusher an opportunity to win with a speed rush. Okay. Think about in years past. Okay. Before Nolan Smith got hurt, they were designing every single one on one opportunity on third and long for him. It's why he had four and a half sacks in three games, the highest rate of his career. He was on pace to have 12, 13 sacks last season. Got hurt, didn't work out. Right. Okay. Years before that, who was it? It was Adam Anderson. Every single third and long, they were designing up speed rushes and win-now opportunities for Adam Anderson, okay? It wasn't Aziz Ojolari. Well, it was at times. It wasn't Trayvon Walker. It wasn't uh, Malik Herring. It wasn't any of these guys. It was the speed rusher who could win right now. The other thing that I know about Kirby Smart defenses, they sure as hell put teams in third and long quite often. So... Number one speed rusher who right now, the biggest, I'm, I got a chance to win and win right now. The only guy on the roster that I believe in doing that, it's not Marvin Jones. It's not Darius Smith. It's not Chaz Chambliss. It's not Sam and Pimba yet. It's Damon Wilson. Damon Wilson is ready right now to have seven and a half sacks this season. And if he does that, he leads the team in sacks. So book it right now. If you're on whatever, whatever betting system you are, Book it right now, plus, plus, plus on the Damon Wilson stuff. Now, a little bit of a national prediction here. Okay, and Georgia fans will remember this name. If you're plugged in on recruitment in particular, um, y'all remember Dante Moore? Anybody remember that name? I know it can be so easy to be transfixed on the current class and, and worrying about all the five-star quarterbacks you got coming to you right now. But anybody remember Dante Moore? He was the highest-rated quarterback to ever commit and sign at UCLA. 
Um, and I'm here to tell you right now, go ahead and lock in freshman All-American. Go ahead and just pencil that one in. Again, if you're a gambling man, take this one to the book. Um, this is a dude. Listen to me, Chip Kelly. Um, you're preparing for next year anyways. Okay, y'all go to the Big Ten next year, and by the time you get nice and, and nestled up next to Ohio State and Bucky and nestled up next to the Wolverine hanging out in Indianapolis, understand something. You don't need to be having Dante Moore getting his feet wet as a sophomore. <laughs> you got a whole year this year to get that boy nice and seasoned and primed and ready for next year in the Big Ten. So, I don't know if you've been paying attention to the roster moves and the decisions that Chip Kelly has been making, um, but if you haven't, you might need to pay attention closely, particularly if you care about West Coast football or in a lot of cases of the people listening tonight, if you are one with gambling inclinations, okay? They signed 13 high schoolers in the 2023 class. 13, that's it. 13 high schoolers last class, okay? Um, they signed two monsters out of JUCO, and they signed 14 transfers. So two JUCO kids, already college kids, and 14 Ju or, uh you know, D1 retreads, okay? And I'm talking about big boy transfer twos. I'm talking about seven of those 14 transfers were playing Power 5 football last year. Think about that, half of them. Like, I'm talking about dudes from Cal. I'm talking about dudes from USC. He's pulling out big, or Pac-12 starters and bringing them to his program. Georgia fans might remember a guy by the, by the name of Maliki Mataveo. Um Six foot six, freaky tight end out of, out of the West Coast. Ended up committing to Oregon out of high school. Georgia was heavily, heavily interested into him. He moves like a Georgia tight end, and he's freakishly large. Um, anybody remember that name? He's he's at UCLA now. Transferred out of Oregon, down there at UCLA. Um, three graduate transfers on the offensive line alone. Got a left tackle out of uh, Old Dominion, a dude that was dominating out there. Got a a, a guard out of Colorado. I think they pulled a, a, another offensive tackle out of Purdue. Okay, Chip Kelly is loading his roster up right now to at least compete or at least play well this fall. And I do believe that Dante Moore is not only talented enough to do so, um, but very, reminds me very much so of the ability to have, like, remember Josh Rosen's freshman year at UCLA? Well, all of a sudden you look up and, and UCLA's got this freshman quarterback everybody's talking about. That's something that could happen this fall. Um, just trying to put in your ear right now. The Vegas over-under is set at eight and a half out there. I like it. Um, just going to put that out there. And uh, either way, like I said, I'm thinking Dante Moore ends up being the starting quarterback, is going to play really, really well. This one's blinking on me right now, but we're going to go to it just because it wants me to. It wants me to. It's out here asking, blinking, 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 blinking. Um, told you at the top of the show, I was going to have a little bit of nugget for you at the end. Just a little bit of nugget. Just a little something to just put in your ear about how it's a little bit more difficult to flip college football commitments nowadays in this 2024 class and beyond, okay? Now, I think we've established some rules here. I think we've established that compensation – excuse me, I'm sorry, I had to jump all the way down the nose. <laughs> Start over. NIL. It's going to make flipping commitments harder than ever before in this sport. I am not saying that players would ever agree to terms with regards to their name, image, and likeness package before signing their national letter of intent and enrolling at the school. I would never say that. 
I would never, ever, ever come on this program and tell you that NCAA rules are being violated, right? Everyone believes it, right? You would never, ever, ever talk about how much I'm going to be paid once I get there before you get there. Never happens. Not on the recruiting trail, no. Okay, now that we've established all of that and you're, you're, you know I'm not talking to you as stupid as the NCAA does all the time, it's good to know. Let's move on. Now that we've established that compensation is indeed most likely discussed prior to actual employment, because that's what we're talking about, right? We're talking about name, image, and likeness, a.k.a. pay for play. That's what it is. Okay, it ain't Coke brands. It ain't Zaxby sponsoring JT Daniels. Well, it is, but it ain't Zaxby sponsoring the whole damn roster, right? The roster's based off NIL, which is a collective, which is just boosters pulling up their money for pay for play. We all know this. We've, we've watched NIL grow through college football for two years now, right? We don't necessarily need any more of that. Now that we've established the ground rules um, and everyone's willing to concede that to me, uh, even if you aren't willing to concede that every commitment comes with a physical cost, right, which is a down payment, I'm here to tell you that most of which do, right? Not only do we have to discuss how much money I'm going to make once I get there as a, as a top-ranked athlete, but I also know how much willing how much you're willing to earn my commitment via a down payment happens all the time. Not every kid is getting paid in college football. Do not get me wrong, but the elites of the elites are 100%. Okay, the guys that you're trying to flip, the guys that you must have, the guys that you need, compensation has already been discussed and is already happening. I'm, I'm sorry to just break the bad news to you. And again, we told you on this network, we're going to try to be as truthful and as upfront and forthcoming as we humanly possibly can be. So if we are no longer just making a verbal commitment, yes, coach, I'm going to be a dog. Yes, coach, I'm going to be a member of the Crimson Tide. Yes, coach, I'm effing with them ducks, right? Not only are we no longer, no, we're no longer just making verbal commitments that you have to flip, okay? That's not it anymore. Now, we have to flip your business intentions. We have to flip your financial responsibilities and financial commitments that you have already made, hypothetically. Again, I'm not one that's naive to sit out here and believe that people aren't having these discussions before they make commitments and sign national ever intents. If you want to be that naive, feel free. Go right ahead. I'm not going to sit here and do that. So, people listening today, not Georgia, because you're almost done, but the Texas of the world who have seven commitments in the 2024 class, the Alabamas of the world who have eight commitments in the 2024 class, the schools thinking they're about to flip football players. It's harder than ever. You're no longer flipping, coach. I'm a dog. You're flipping, coach. I'm a dog. And I signed with the NLI Collective, or I at least spoken in terms of agreement. Coach, I'm a Louisville Cardinal, and they done gave me that bread. And we're going to have to talk about flipping that. I know it happens, but it comes with extra responsibilities and extra layering, if you know what I mean. Um, hey, man, it's been a great show tonight. I hope you hit that thumbs up button. I hope you liked it. I hope you've been digging the off-season content. It's only going to get greater. It's only going to get bigger. It's only going to get better. I'm telling you right now, I am thinking about a check. I'm a philosopher with the money. We'll see y'all next time.